contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today, Dr. Peter Kozlowski. Yeah, unfunk your gut with a C. Yeah, and it's not just about diet, people. Stay tuned. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You ever been cosmic bowling? I don't even know what you're talking you about. You don't know what I'm talking about cosmic with all the bowling? Yeah, the black light and everything. Oh, we didn't up. call it cosmic bowling. What'd you call it? Rock and bowl. Rock and, and bowl. bowl. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. How are you today? Patty Devers, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome, as per usual. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here, Patty. Oh, me? I think the audience. Oh, you're them, welcome. Them too. Oh, okay. I mean, honestly. <laughs> probably equally, I would say. Oh, thanks. Um, but uh, this is a podcast called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. It's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty, lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and stuff. Wow, that was really fast. Yeah, it's like the micro machine guy. <laughs> Remember that guy? I do. I do. Well, welcome to those who are brand new. And if you're returning, thank you so much for your support. And maybe go to iTunes, Spotify, hit the subscribe button, rate, review, leave us some feedback there, some stars, things mm-hmm. like that. Spread the knowledge about the lab report. Share it with all your friends. That's what we're here to provide knowledge and you are here to share listen it? to it oh. and then share it. Oh. Well, you have to gather. If you, if you like it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's, and so if you have feedback around that, it's podcast at gdx.net right. is the email. Um, and what, what are we, what are we doing today? Well, today we're interviewing Dr. Peter Kozlowski, better known as Dr. Koz. Yeah. And I'm super excited about this. He is, I think he's like one of the OGs when it comes to functional medicine. Right. You know what I mean? And he's studied under tons of influential functional medicine docs, not including Dr. Mark Hyman, but also people like Deepak Chopra, right. Susan Blum, who like, we've had on, on the show. And right. so, yeah, he's uh, a writer, author, clinician, and um, he focuses a lot on mental health, mental, emotional, spiritual, and the connection there between everything else that's going on in the system. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I'm super excited to talk to him. And what I like about him is he, he explains information differently, right, in a really down-to-earth way, funny way. He wrote a really great book called Unfunk Your Gut, which kind of goes through all about gut health, but it's in the midst of anecdotes, personal stories, and so he's just a really engaging, great guy. So why don't we give him a call? Patty. Yeah. We have oh, I Dr. Know. Peter Kostolowski. Let me tell you, Dr. Peter Kostolowski is an IFM certified functional medicine physician who did his residency and family practice, but discovered functional medicine as an intern. He is trained in clinics with leaders in our field, including, check this, Dr. Mark Hyman, Whoa. Dr. Deepak huh? Chopra, and Dr. Susan Blum, wow. if you believe that. Uh-huh. Dr. Kaz is the author of a highly praised and award-winning book, Unfunk Your Gut, A Functional Medicine Guide, Boost Your Immune System, Heal Your Gut, and Unlock Your Mental, Emotional, and Spiritual Health. And in this book, he offers a research-based fusion of medical insights with mental, emotional, and spiritual wisdom acquired through his own addiction, recovery, and healing journey. Dr. Kaz currently cares for patients in person and online via his Montana and Chicago-based practices. And with that, thank you so Welcome, much, sir. Welcome, Dr. Kaz. All right. Thanks for having me. It's <laughs> yeah. an honor. Yeah. Great. Well, unlike many conventionally trained physicians who 
find functional medicine after years of burnout and frustration like me, you jumped Mm -hmm. in early, in fact, during internship and residency. So can you tell us about your personal health journey and finding this root cause approach as you started your career? Yeah, so it was complete random luck, um, is what I say. <laughs> I just really got lucky. Yes, you did. Um, I my parents are both doctors. I went to medical school. I was ex- extremely traditionally trained. Like I, I had one mindset, and it was basically just follow what I'm learning mm-hmm. in the books and in school. And the other thing that I had going on is that I really thought I had the whole world figured out. Like I, I thought I was the man, and um, could do no wrong. And so my story into functional medicine um, starts with my story of recovery. So mm-hmm. growing up um, in first generation American, um, I learned over years of therapy that I grew up like extremely insecure, um, very not confident in myself. And the way that I learned to mask that starting at a very young age was alcohol. And when mm-hmm. I finally got to residency and, and alcohol was part of my, it was kind of like work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. And alcohol was always my release throughout school. Um, and then I got to residency and I tried to stop. Mm-hmm. And um, I had no clue how to deal with life. Mm-hmm. I, I had no like normal coping skills. Um, so I went to treatment. I took a six week break um, during my intern year of residency and went to like a, a rehab program. And that obviously was life changing for a couple different ways. Um, one is that I realized like I actually had a lot of faults and flaws and I wasn't perfect and didn't have it all figured out. Mm. Um, two, that I learned that like none of treatment, the six weeks that I was there was about like alcohol. It was about like my past and my mental health and my emotional health and my spiritual health. And the afternoon, I mean, it was always like group therapy. And then in the afternoons, um, it was, um, yoga, meditation, exercise, acupuncture, all these different modalities that no nutrition, that no one ever told me about like, mm-hmm. things that I never, I mean, and also things that I thought were like full of crap. I was like, this is <laughs> like, why are we wasting right. our time with this? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I saw the way it was changing me and like, I saw what I was gaining from it. So I kind of started putting it together that like, I need to open my mind a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I went back to residency And as a family practice resident, you do different rotations. So you're always doing, uh, you're learning a different skill every month. You focus on surgery, on OB, on outpatient medicine, on inpatient medicine. And you're always being trained by different physicians, whether it's every week or every month, you've got a different attending physician that you're learning from. They all have their unique styles. And we had a a doctor that worked there that was, his name's Dr. Batra. Every time, so this was on inpatient service. So we were just working with hospitalized patients. And every time he came on service, the first thing he would do is have us start a multivitamin and vitamin D, Hmm. which we thought was an absolute joke. Mm -hmm. And we laughed at and Mm -hmm. like made fun of him and would complain like, oh, here comes the Batra panel. (laughs) And uh, it was like a, a joke. And we didn't get it. I mean, nobody had talked about it. Um, the hospital that I did my internship had a McDonald's in it. Um, wow. so that was always entertaining wow. to me, <laughs> but so one day, I mean, I kind of just, we were on call together. It was a Sunday night at like 2 AM and 
I was like, Dr. Batra, why are you weird? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and he was pretty nice about it. And he's like, well, I'm studying this thing called functional medicine. And I was like, mm. I never heard of it. He showed, he took me to the IFM website. Um, he told me it's all about like root cause and it looked interesting. And the other thing that happened, like in residency, they, a, they require you to go to CMEs to mm -hmm. continuing medical education, mm -hmm. but they also pay for it too. So I was like, let me, let me try Like, this is what I'm going to check out in my CME. Cause I didn't really know what else I wanted to learn about. And so I went and within the first hour, like I just knew that I could never look at medicine the same. Mm -hmm. So first day, first lecture, I was just like blown away. Mm -hmm. um, it was all taught the, from like a biochemistry of physiology level, like a, a teaching of how things worked and then how things can go wrong and then what you can do to address them. And it just made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, I was at the time, I think at least one of the, maybe not the youngest, but at least the, the earliest on in their career. Um, Cause mm -hmm. I was still in my first year of residency and I was meeting all these doctors there that were like, cardiologists and surgeons and ophthalmologists and all this stuff. And I was like, what are you guys doing here? Like established in their careers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why are you wasting your time here? And uh, they were like, this is the future of medicine. Like, this is what, like, if you're just starting, you need to focus your career on functional medicine. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was extremely lucky that I had an, a very, very supportive uh, residency program director, um, Dr. Friedman, who I told, you know, I, I kept him informed the whole time. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm interested in this. I went to the conference. I want to keep looking at this. And he supported me. Wow. And then the other thing that we are allowed to do as residents, if, if you get it approved, is what's called away rotations. So you can leave your hospital, um, your clinic, and go train somewhere else. And so through the conferences and talking to people, that's that's how I got into like Dr. Hyman's clinic, Dr. Blum's clinic, Dr. Chopra's clinic. Um, and once there, I just had I was just like a sponge. I had endless kind of notebooks that I was just filling in, and and I. I shadowed the doctors, I shadowed the life coaches, the health coaches, the nutritionists, the receptionists, the lab people, mm. like every, I was learning from everybody because mm. everything was so different than I was doing. Um, and coming out of red, like I, I went out of residency and started my own practice and it, it's great. seven years later um, Here we are. and <laughs> learned a lot since. Um, and yeah, that, that's, I guess, the long version of how I got into functional medicine. That's awesome. It's funny, <clears throat> and you can't unsee it. Once you have that insight, oh, yeah. you, there's no going back. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and we know, you know, with functional medicine, with root cause medicine, GI health is, is tantamount to everything. And, you know, you've kind of helped to disperse some of that wisdom with your book, Unfunk Your Gut, which lays out, you know, a practical framework for healing GI complaints. And we talk so much about diet. Like what, what one diet or dietary change do you think is the most impactful as it relates to clinical improvements in your patients? Yeah. So I, one of the things about me is I, I, as if you, as you see in the book, like I take a more laid back humorous approach to things. Um, I think that, I mean, obviously health is very serious, right. 
but I feel like the pendulum in a lot of people has swung to too intense and too, you know, I need to find the perfect diet. Otherwise I'll never get better. I can only, you know, if I have SIBO, I can only eat one spear of asparagus a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I go any more then I'm, I'm in trouble. Um, so going like, I mean, like recovery taught me to always keep things simple. And I feel like I brought that into my practice. So in keeping things simple, if I could give people just one dietary change, it would be to eat nine to 12 servings of vegetables and fruit a day. Hmm. And in the standard, and that just that one change, because a, like if you make that change, there's not really room for all the other junk, right? You're kind of full when you eat that many and, and a serving is a cup raw or a half cup cooked. So making just that one change um, can make a huge difference. I mean, if you get into like the standard American diet, the sad diet, like whether it's like pancakes, bacon, breakfast sandwiches, breakfast tacos, I don't, it, there's no vegetables. We don't have any vegetables. Mm-hmm. Lunch is like a, a sandwich, which might have like a slice of tomato and iceberg lettuce on it. And then dinner usually has a side of broccoli or green beans or something. Mm-hmm. So it's one to four servings is the average American is what they're consuming. So to, to take that and make it nine to 12 is a massive change, right? Yeah. And it, it changes the way you eat completely. So if I could give one piece of advice, it would be that. Um, one that goes along with that is... Um, eating the rainbow. So Mm -hmm. looking at your plate of food and your plate of food should have all the different colors of the rainbow on it. Mm -hmm. So between those two things, I think you can make quite a bit of change. Um, I'm a very objective person. So I do like to run tests and um, I use Genova Diagnostics a lot. And it, so that's obviously not going to fix everybody. And that's the big thing about functional medicine is um, it's individualized. Mm -hmm. So there are people, let's say you have SIBO and if you start eating nine to 12 servings of vegetables and fruit a day, you, you're going to get worse most Mm -hmm. likely. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so that's not good either. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is, you know, I, I, I say it with like a caveat like that. That's if I had to just give one piece of advice, it would be that, but just be aware that there's a chance that that might not even be right for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, right. And the other thing, I mean, a lot of my patients think I'm nuts, but I'd rather have someone eating fast food if it doesn't stress them out. Yeah. If following like the extreme perfect anti-candida diet is just like destroying you mentally and you're like shutting down your gut every time you eat because you're so worried about are you eating the perfect thing? that's worse than, than the benefits of the diet. Mm-hmm. And with mm-hmm. the amount of information out there and, and, you know, you have your influencers that, you know, they'll tell you, you gotta be a carnivore, you gotta be a vegan, you gotta be keto, paleo, like it. Um, so it finding it's fine to follow a strict diet if it doesn't really bother you. But, you know, if it doesn't, 
stress you out. But if it's making you anxious, you don't know how to cook or eat, it's probably not helping. Mm -hmm. That's such an important point. You know, all of those restrictive diets. And based on testing and and diagnosing various GI complaints, you know, there are very restrictive diets. There are low FODMAP, for example. And then there's also the concept of increased intestinal permeability or, or leaky gut that go along with food sensitivities. Why do you think food sensitivities have become so commonplace these days? I think it's what we've done to our food and what we've done to our guts. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the, the, the most important thing that I, I like to teach people about the gut in a way to think about it is that the, the gut is a tube that runs from the mouth to the anus. Mm-hmm. It has openings on both ends. And so technically the inside of your gut is outside of your body. Mm-hmm. Unless mm-hmm. you digest and absorb something and it gets into your bloodstream, it's not in your body. So that that's the function that I feel like we've lost over time. And I, I love the quote by Hippocrates that all disease begins in the gut. And he said it 3000 years ago, mm-hmm. but yet everything we've done since he said that has been damaged the gut, mm-hmm. right? So right. the most important role of the gut is to decide what comes in and what stays out. And once something crosses the gut barrier and into the blood, what's waiting there is your immune system. Mm-hmm. And your mm-hmm. immune system is looking like, okay, this is good, this is bad. Mm-hmm. And if it's bad, it attacks, right? right? Well, the more inflamed your gut is, the, the less or the more permeable it is. So the more likely that things that should have stayed out are coming in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they've changed the, and this is my theory, they, they, so much of the food supply is different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. So these proteins are getting into your body and your immune system. I mean, it's not a great response because it makes you sick, but it's actually like a very appropriate response because it's identifying like a foreign dairy protein and being like, this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. So we need to get rid of this. And then the other, I mean, and that kind of gets to like how the gut is the gateway to disease is because then once something's in your blood, your immune system attacks, you've got inflammation. What happens with the bloodstream? It goes everywhere Mm -hmm. from your head to your toes. So that's, I mean, I've worked with so many people now with whether it's SIBO or candida or dysbiosis or gluten sensitivity, and they all report different symptoms Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. symptoms can change over time. They could move around, but then that that's because the gut is the gateway in. And then right. once it's in there, it, it's it's just can go all over the place. Great. Sure. Yeah. Well, and kind of what you were alluding to before, also the impacts of the HPA axis on barrier function. Um, and you talk a lot about this in your book as well. And you focus on, you know, a lot of mental, emotional and spiritual connection to illness. Um, so, like, what's your approach in patients who are trying to understand kind of like the underlying traumas and, and psychosocial issues? How do you how do you connect that for people? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it starts um, with just understanding the gut-brain connection, right? Mm -hmm. And your gut, that tube, has its own nervous system called the enteric nervous system. It has more neurons in it than your brain does. And that nervous system is connected to your brain. And it is connected via a nerve called the vagus nerve. And that vagus nerve runs back and forth from the brain to the gut and the gut up to the brain. So they're both influencing each other. Well, the vagus nerve runs on your autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. which is automatic, mm-hmm. right? So it is, um, you don't think about it. 
and the analogy and it's it's in two different um it could be in two different uh responses it could be in sympathetic response or parasympathetic response sympathetic is fight or flight and the analogy i like now is like if i'm hiking in the mountains in montana and there's a grizzly bear (laughs) sympathetic nervous system is activated um i am the, the blood is going to my brain my muscles so i can escape my, the blood's not like, okay, you got to digest that bagel you had for breakfast. Right. 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 Um, so when that, and then there's parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, which is kind of like sitting by the campfire and having a s'more. If that's what you choose to do, you're relaxed and your body's like, okay, I'm going to break this stuff down, absorb the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff. People are living as if they're running from a bear 24 seven. Right. And I, I'm guilty of this too. Like I wake up and the first thing I usually do is check my phone, mm-hmm. right? which is going to involve email, texts, news. Um, and so my simp right away, my sympathetic nervous system is activated and I'm telling my gut like, Hey, we don't need you today. Right. And then I watch the news or something or I'm reading the news while I'm having breakfast. So I'm trying to digest, but then I'm telling my gut, Hey, don't now is not the right time to digest. And it, So to me, that as I mean, one of my, I think, greatest strengths and faults is um, I'm I'm a pretty strong perfectionist. And so that helps me be successful. But then it also kind of it's I get very down on myself. So I like with patients, I only think about usually the people that are not getting better. So we have all these stories of people getting better and I I, they don't run through my mind. It's the people that are not improving. Mm -hmm. And between my own experience of, of addiction recovery and then working with patients like the why, like why could I put people on the same SIBO treatment or the same dysbiosis treatment and they don't get better. What I found the majority of the time is it's mental, emotional, spiritual health. And so then like getting people to understand that and accept that, which is your, which was your question is the most difficult thing that I do in my job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And probably like I just had a patient yesterday who um, she was coming for a follow up after a couple of weeks. And out of everything she said that she's changed in the last few weeks, the number one thing that I heard was I got a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's I always say is like that means that I've done my job because I've explained to someone that, hey, you're not going to heal without the mental, emotional, spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And most patients throw up huge red flags, stop signs. They're like, no, I just need the right diet. I just need the right supplements, the right test and everything will be fine. And I, I mean, I, I'm i I'm very kind of honest and blunt person. And I'm like, you know, you can try that, but it's not going to work. Um, and it's hard, right? I mean, for, for most of us, um, I, I really go back to trauma and the, best definition of trauma that I've heard is trauma is anything less than nurturing. Wow. Um, which, so when I, when I was going through treatment, like they were telling me I have trauma and I'm like, no, I like, yeah, my, I mean, I was an immigrant, but like my parents worked hard. I had whatever I wanted. I don't have trauma, but I created trauma mm. from just not feeling good enough. Mm. And so it could be an example I give in my book is like, you know, you can have a little kid, a few years old, 
that's trying to get the parent's attention, but mom's not paying attention. She's cooking dinner or she's at work. And the child is, is like thinking like, okay, I'm not good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that I'm not good enough. It's like, well, how can I get attention? It's like, well, oh, my stomach hurts or my head hurts. Um, and sometimes they don't even know it, but they're shutting down that gut, you know, your whole digestion, your absorption, your microbiome, all of it's falling apart and you don't know it because a lot of people don't have symptoms yet at that time. But then they come to my office 20 years, 40 years, 60 years down the road. And it kind of all started with um, our upbringing and our parents, which my mom's a pediatrician and in Chicago, our offices are next door to each other. So <laughs> whenever I say that, she, she shakes her head and <laughs> walks away. So, <laughs> so it, you know, the reason I talk so much about therapy is like, that's that to me is like how I figured out what was going on with me. Um, there's a lot of different modalities. So I always say like mental, emotional, spiritual health is the most important part, but the most difficult one for me to help someone with besides creating that awareness that like, Hey, this is contributing to your health. Mm -hmm. That's really um, profound. I do a gratitude list every day with my wife. I do exercise is a huge one for me I do therapy. Um, I have friends in recovery and just friends that are working on their mental health. Um, we do meditation. Uh, I'm learning more about heart rate variability, which is basically to me kind of like the best training for your vagus nerve and your gut. Yeah. Um, so, but the stuff that works for me might not work for um, one of my patients. So it's kind of just, it starts just like recovery with like just acceptance. Um, step one is accepting that there's an issue or something. And then you kind of can't go back. Um, and it, it's a journey. I mean, it's not, I get it. I like, I understand why people don't want to deal with it. It's painful. It's hard. Um, it doesn't feel good. Um, but that, you know, I, I through telling my own story, um, and just explaining, because most people are coming to me for that gut brain connection, mm -hmm. or excuse me, for their gut health, which for me, then I'm like, well, I need to explain this. And, um, that's kind of how I try to do it. Yeah, it's, it, it's really profound and impactful. And once you get your patients to accept this, do you then like work through various things like yoga and heart rate variability? And, and how willing are they to make that lifestyle change? Because that's tricky, too. Yeah, I, I'm lucky that uh, most people that are coming to me are extremely motivated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So getting them to do stuff and a lot of my patients are already doing stuff like that. And that's where also the the two-way street. So it's not just mental health. Like if you're doing, I see this a lot as like, you know, I've been doing yoga. I got, I'm an instructor now I'm meditating. I'm in therapy, but like my gut's still a mess or I'm still anxious. Well, then if they have an underlying condition in their gut, then also addressing that at the same time, will then make all those other things work better. So the, all the stuff you're doing for your mental health works better when uh, you're not in pain or you're not right. bloated or you're, you know, right. um, constipated, whatever. Um, so for me, I always say like at the end of the day, like my job is helping you uncover the physical stuff, right? So I'm going to test you for toxins. I'm going to test you for gut health. I'm going to test your hormones. Um, and I, 
kind of tell people, I'm like, you know, if, if all of this comes back, then what's left in the middle is your mental, emotional, spiritual. Perfect. Right. Yeah. But start working on that um, right away. And then I, you know, if there's something else physical going on, we will also address that. Great. Yeah. It's so interesting. And I'm just, you know, I, I think about so many different things, but like, as you were alluding to before, like our influencer age and our knowledge age, it seems like there's always something that we could theoretically point to, you know, as far as a biochemical pathway or a biohack or a thing or a thing that I think almost sometimes makes it difficult to convince some of our savvy patients of the importance of some of the mental, emotional, spiritual part of it too. Um, and I feel like that's been almost as challenging, right? Because it's, yeah, because it's deep and it's very difficult work, right? Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's got to be this methylation pathway or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I mean, there's obviously benefit to all the science and, and the testing and the supplements. But, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, over the years I've seen, like, when, when someone is balanced and, and mental, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, which to me balance is like, not that you don't have issues. Like it, it's that mm-hmm. we're aware that there's issues and we're working on them. Right. right. That that's balanced to me. My, um, kind of jaded view, I guess, is that we're all crazy. Um, <laughs> it's just either we're yeah. working on it or we're that's not. That's right. Mm. Yep. Um, but people that are working on it, that are aware of it, treating, these gut conditions or anything else, balancing hormone, all of that stuff is just, is pretty easy to do when, mm. when, when that mental, emotional, spiritual component is focused on. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, and to switch gears just a little bit too on another thing that's, that's kind of been evolving in our field is intermittent fasting. Uh, and a lot of people are using it for weight loss and we know that there's certainly a lot of health benefits to fasting, uh, not only from, you know, metabolism, but gut health as well. And what do you feel about intermittent fasting? Is it something you recommend and in what patient population? So I do intermittent fasting myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I had to come around on it and well, one is because I love to eat. So when I thought about not eating for a day, I was like, I'm not even going to work. Like try that. (laughs) Yeah. So it took me like seven years to try it. Um, and the, the other thing is like, there's so many different types, right. Of intermittent fasting one, you know, there's these people that are doing like eight and 16 or 12 hours or 16 hours or, a week for every three months. Um, to me, the most benefit that I've seen and what I do is 24 hours, two to three times a week. Hmm. Um, I do it on Mondays and Fridays. Um, but for me, I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm doing it for the hormonal benefits. Um, just with like brain health, testosterone, growth hormone, cortisol. I mean, um, so that I'm doing it for the more the hormone benefits. Um, it's also really powerful for, for me, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like when I get done with a fast, like I'm like proud of myself. I'm like, all right, I, I did it. Um, in the, the, the whole thought process behind it is to stimulate gluconeogenesis, um, which is basically using up your stored energy to make energy when you're not putting in something um, every few hours. And that process doesn't really ramp up to like hour number 20. 
So for the longest time, I was telling people to do 16 hours or people were coming in. They're like, yeah, I do 16 hours and I'm not really seeing anything from it. So that's where I've kind of shifted now that if you're going to do it, I really like the 24 hours, two to three times a week pattern. Got it. Got it. it. Well, how can some of our audience find you to, to perhaps work with you and your team? Yeah. So uh, my website is the best place. Um, doc-cause.com, D-O-C-K-O-Z.com. Um, my, I have an assistant, her name's Jasmine. She answers the calls and emails. Uh, she's been with me for a long time. She's amazing. Um, she is very, very, very helpful. Um, I, a lot of what I'm at least telling people now is like usually an initial visit with me is, is mostly education. And I think that that's our most important job as physicians is education. So for me, I put all my knowledge in my book. So if, if somebody wants to get an idea of where I'm coming from or whatever, then I would recommend checking out my book. Um, and in which case, in, in some of those patients, we kind of skip the first visit um, that we mm-hmm. would normally go through all that education because they've already read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those are the best ways. Um, I'm on social media now, doc underscore cause dot com or excuse me, doc underscore cause. Uh, but our website email, um, the books available all over the place on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your local bookstore can order it. Um, so th- that would be the best way I think to get a great. hold of us. Great, yeah. Great, great. Interesting. I have another question too. Um, just with respect to kind of the craziness of this last year and a half or so. Um, and you know, we, it's, we're on the, the lab testing side. And so we've kind of seen some interesting things just on general trends from labs and such, just based in the last year and a half. But I'm wondering, you know, on the like boots on the ground, like seeing patients individually, like what, what do you feel has been the, the biggest impact to people's GI health specifically, but you, you know, maybe other health aspects too, over the last year and a half. Stress and diet. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, the loss of job, the spouse loss of job, the homeschooling while also working from home. I mean, it's impossible for your sympathetic nervous system to not be firing 24-7 with what people went through. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, at periods of times, like the only thing that was really open was fast food restaurants. Um, So it was it was kind of like the opposite environment to, in my opinion, what a healthy environment would be. Um, So. But then there's also the, the, the one thing, though, that a, a positive that happened is like a lot more people are cooking now. Mm-hmm. And so they've learned to use their kitchens. They've learned to cook because what I used to tell people a year and a half ago was the hardest part about it, like an elimination diet is the preparation is like having a plan for what you're going to have for lunch. Like you can't just go to the office and like go out to eat. Right. Well, now the majority of people are working from home. So you're, you have your kitchen, you don't really have an excuse. Um, and you can prepare the food that you need to. So I would say that that's a benefit, but the stress and the options available to me, I think were the the biggest problems. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's it's the opposite uh, (laughs) for a lot of people. And it's kind of funny how, the I think people tended to diverge into two different categories too, like the people that kind of took time to evaluate and even do some of the mental, emotional, spiritual work, and those that necessarily kind of didn't 
or weren't interested. So anyway, that that's just what I, I've noticed as well. But I certainly want to thank you so much for being here. Before we let you go, we have one last question. I'm going to kick to Patty. Uh, it's a silly <laughs> question called the fireball question. I'll let her. It's really just to kind of get to know you a little bit better, Dr. Cause. And like Michael said, it's called the fireball. And we happen to it's know a that. Dumb name. I know, Whoever right? Came up Michael with that Chapman. Be fired. We know that you're a first generation Polish immigrant to very yeah. ethnic family growing up. And we also know that in your book, you answer the question of your favorite. Polish food growing up, but I happen to know that may not actually be the case. So here I want to set the record straight. What is your favorite Polish ethnic food? Um, <laughs> I guess probably Polish sausage. Oh. Nice. Yeah, that's like off, off a campfire. That's, that's, that's probably my favorite. Do your mom, did your mom make it herself? Not the sausage, no. no. Uh, growing up in Chicago, there's a lot of Polish Fair. delis. That's so, true. Um, that's true. I haven't found any in Montana yet. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Kozlowski. And again, if people can find you at doc, D-O-C underscore Koz, K-O-Z. Uh, certainly check out your book, Unfunk Your Gut, and then also doc-koz.com. So, yeah. yeah, just thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you, Dr. Kozlowski. Thank you, guys. It was, it, I had a lot of fun. I would like to have him back on. I was I thinking the same questions. thing because he's so open and so personable and he has such experience that I was making lists of questions while he was speaking. I was doing that too. The problem I was running into, I was making the questions so fast that I couldn't remember the questions <laughs> that I just made. And so it was, I was getting into this weird cycle where I yeah. couldn't remember the questions I wanted to ask by oh the time because I had so many. But the whole concept of trauma and his, his feelings around that and the mental, emotional, and spiritual connection... It's fascinating. I have sure. to really unpack that. I'm all I'm all in with that, and I think we need to be evaluating that as clinicians so much more than we mm-hmm. do. And if we have the capacity to alert people and how yeah. important of a role it plays in their overall health, then we are doing our job. And that's you know, I, complete agreement with him on that. You were wanting him to say something like a pierogi, weren't you? What? Pierogi. I wanted him to say holushki. What's that? It's just butter, noodles, and cabbage. Well, it's just. What? Holushki. Butter, noodles, and cabbage? Butter noodles. And butter, oh. butter noodles. Like cabbage and noodles. With Those don't seem like they go together. Oh, it's delicious. My mother makes the best holushki. You mean with band-aids? <laughs> <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, C.J. Martin. Founder of CrossFit Invictus. Well, that's awesome. And we're coming off a big week. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. How in the world did you remember the Band-Aid story? That's one of those How stories you, you never forget. That story? That's you never forget something like that. You took me off guard. I can't even believe you remember that. I probably told you that a couple years ago. Probably. No. Yeah. My yeah. mother was cooking the Band-Aid on. Lost it. Found it in the Holushki. Hilarious. Hilarious is one word for that. Also disgusting. <laughs>